Working full-time shift work, COVID, lockdowns, start a program, another lockdown, everything's closed, start for a bit, stop again. Severe work stress that led to a TIA, which is a transient ischemic attack, which is a minor stroke. For me, the gym just fell away. And I'm going to admit to you today, I've been feeling absolutely awful. In today's episode, I'm going to talk you through the steps that I've put in place to get myself back to the gym. And these all occur 1% at a time. Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to a healthy shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, certified nutritionist, veteran law enforcement officer, and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and well-being so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. And welcome to today's episode of the show. Today's topic, all or nothing will always end up nothing. And this is a fact. If you decide today that tomorrow, that's it, I'm back to the gym, I'm meal prepping, I'm going to drink water, I'm going to cut caffeine, I'm going to um, go back to the gym, I'm going to run, I'm going to do 10,000 steps, I'm going to sleep eight hours, I guarantee to you that this will not happen for you for, and it's not sustainable. You just won't do it. So today, I want to talk about my return to the gym. Now, people saw me last Friday post a picture of me back in the gym and that's something that I haven't done for what would be well over, well over two and a half years and that's a fact. Because we here in Melbourne have been quite possibly, well not quite possibly, factually, the longest lockdown city in the world. Now I just want to go through and talk about my journey just briefly and just give you a bit of background. So in January 2019, as a 55-year-old, um, I got fed up with how I was feeling and I started Mark Carroll's Gen Pop program. In fact, I was one of the first to start it and became Mark's pinup boy in relation to it. And if you go to Mark Carroll's Instagram, you'll see under Gen Pop, I'm the first image that's there. I just managed to get that in, didn't I? I did well. Then after I finished that, I lost a substantial amount of weight and I thought I looked pretty good, but I was really of the understanding through Mark that what I needed to do was I needed to do a reverse diet. So I launched into the next 12 weeks and I did a reverse diet to reverse me out of that actual program, out of the, the deficit that I was in and get myself back to a really healthy state. So by June of 2020, I'd lost a substantial amount of weight. Now, when I say substantial, I'm probably talking somewhere in the order of 10 to 12 kilos, I think, from memory. Um, it might have even been a little bit more. And then I reverse dieted back. So I was still down around about the 80, 81 kilo mark, but I was in really good shape. Like at my age, at 54 at that stage, or 56 at that stage, I, I had abs and, you know, I've got images there. And if you go to my own Instagram, you'll see my transformation. Um, and I talk about it and I show the images of how I went through it. It'd be fair to say that I was in ripping shape for a 56-year-old. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, my life's gone, it's too late to start, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit there anyway. 
because it's not. Now, in March of 2020, so this is like some nine months later, I'm just going to the gym, really enjoying it, really enjoying the environment, and I'm having a great time doing it. But in March of 2020, for the obvious reason with um, COVID, the gym's all closed. Now, it closed for some time, and I'm unable to remember exactly how long our first lockdown was. And I remember when the lockdown ended and the gyms reopened some time later because for some reason the government here felt that the gyms were the most unhealthy place. Now, I'm not going to go into the politics of all of that, but what I will talk about is when we got back into the gym in between lockdown one and two. And it was so nice because everyone was in the same boat. We'd been locked down, we'd all been isolated, and we thought we'd get back, and it was the nod and a smile in the gym. And just going through resistance training again reminded me of what it was like to be in the gym, the feeling of being back in that environment. It wasn't long afterwards when lockdown two occurred, and this was soul-destroying, and I'm going to be perfectly honest and admit to you that this broke me as far as um, getting to the gym and exercise, and even probably... I'm not looking after myself because I've always looked after myself, but the in um, resistance training and training, I, I let myself go. So in total here in Melbourne, we've been locked down for a total of what's 263 days. Now, if you think about it, that's a ridiculous amount of time to be actually locked down for um, over the period of um, what was probably 18 months at that point in time. So that's the best part of a year. Now, we were the world leader in second place is Buenos Aires in Argentina on 245 days. So they were still another three weeks behind us. Ireland was on 227 and the UK on 223. So we've had at least six weeks on anybody else. Sigh. It's been awful. Now, our gyms were literally closed for 368 days, right? Think about that. That's over 12 months that our gyms were actually closed. And they eventually reopened. And in fact, that they reopened on the 29th of October, 2021. So from March of uh, 20 to October of 2021, lockdown for 368 days or the gyms were closed. And that's October last year. And 12 months later, here we are. We're now in October of 2022 when this is recorded. Now, during the lockdowns, I did no training. I walked because that's all we could really do. In fact, there was times when we were restricted to less than five kilometres from home. So that's it. Now, I was lucky. I was fortunate. I was working full time and I was able to still keep working. And so was my partner, Melissa. But out of hours, we ate and we drank plenty. There's no doubt about it. We tried to outdo each other with cooking. Um, we would do that. We'd eat well. We'd sit and watch TV at night. There was not a lot of movement. And, well, it'd be fair to say that we've both put on weight doing that. That's okay because we were quite happy, you know, um, in in our situation with where we were at. Um, we get along particularly well, life is fantastic, we adore each other and it's easy for us to be in that environment, no problems. But the other thing that we did too was we started drinking quite a bit alcohol. Now, alcohol is an absolute killer. To explain, when we drink alcohol, our body sees alcohol as a toxin in the system. So what it actually does, alcohol has big problems for us because when we drink alcohol or consume alcohol, what occurs is our body parks whatever we've eaten while it gets rid of the toxin because the body sees alcohol as a toxin in the system. So even though you might equate calories equal, calorie alcohol calories for normal calories, what happens is your body will park the other calories while it works on the 
toxin to get rid of the toxin and then we'll only go back to it afterwards. By then, it may very well have been parked as body fat and that's a problem. Now, I'm fairly lucky in, a, in myself because during the time of the lockdown and that, I was able to complete my studies and I was also able to educate myself in further areas, areas of like body image. So I learned to accept my own body image or even though I battled with it, I had strategies in place to be able to deal with it. Still to this day, I have to deal with my own um, thoughts around my own body because when you get to yourself to a really, really waif-thin um, body fat levels and you put on five, six, seven kilos of, um, of, of weight, you start to feel like you are grossly overweight, even though you're starting to look normal again. And that is a psychological problem that you have in yourself as well. So when you look at these bodybuilders that go to a really, really waif-thin body fat level and then get themselves to the stage where they... Um, put on a bit of um, bit of weight and a bit of body fat, which is absolutely needed for um, health, um, you can actually feel quite awful in yourself and um, because you've been that thin. So you, you know, and it isn't until you look back that you realize that even though you were way thin, you look bloody awful. And I, I admit that, that that's the case. When I look back at myself around that transformation, as good as my body was ripped um, in my face, I was very sallow. I looked awful. I was grey. I wasn't looking fantastic at all. Now, what I did do was over the last two years, I've actually just been able to put into place and appreciate what my body does do does do for me every single day. Now, I've set up a business in the last 18 months, a healthy shift, and what I've been doing is I've actually put in place a lot of education, a lot of strategies, and I've had to learn all about a business, and I'm very grateful that I've been able to do that, but it's kept me fairly sedentary. So, of course, you put on more weight. Now, I got to the stage probably about two months ago where I decided that I needed to get myself back to some sort of a training and do something. Walking just wasn't enough, not for fat loss, but walking just wasn't enough for my own health. And resistance training for everybody is really, really important. Now, I want to emphasize again, resistance training, not so much important for fat loss because we only burn probably somewhere between 200 and 300 calories in a resistance training session. So it doesn't have a major contributing factor in our fat loss, but what it actually does do is it assists us in so many other ways with insulin sensitivity, maintaining lean muscle mass, and it just generally gets us feeling really good. But what I decided I would do and I agonized over it, would I start swimming? Would I resistance train? I thought I, thought I would go back and do Pilates because I really enjoyed Pilates. But what I was doing was I was procrastinating and just not getting anywhere. I wasn't. I wasn't doing anything at all. So you can talk about it, but I wasn't doing it. This is me as a health coach. Remember that. So four weeks ago, I actually started a strategy to commence my journey back into the gym. And I've been quite lucky because... Four weeks is not long at all. Now, I want to reiterate an expression that I use with clients and with people and through my social medias all the time. Action precedes motivation. It doesn't come and knock on your door and drag you off the couch while you're sitting there watching Netflix. If you are sitting there waiting for motivation and you talk and you see people that are out there training and working, that's been built up by taking action, taking actionable steps in the first place to get to that motivation. They never just woke up one day and a light bulb just lit up in their brain and they were suddenly motivated. It literally doesn't happen that way. 
But what you do do is you put the one centers in one percenters in place, which start to build up for you, and that actions that you're taking, you start to build on those, and that's what makes a big difference. Now, the first step that I put in place was I knew I had to focus on my sleep and get my sleep 100% correct. So what I did was I went back and I started and I did a meditation course. The reason being is because I've been highly stressed and my mind just goes a million miles an hour all the time, I needed to sort through that and actually work through that med- um, work through those quite in my mind, basically. And meditation seemed the way to do that. Now, I spoke about the meditation in my other uh, podcast, and if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and see what benefits I actually got out of the meditation. And it was enormous, and it made a great big difference for me, right? So that was the meditation. I also then started taking um, ashwagandha, and I find that ashwagandha is very, very good. 300 milligrams in the morning and 300 milligrams at night. And I also have been experimenting a little bit as well with um, uh, L-theanine as well. Now, I'm going to do a podcast in relation to these supplements, so I don't want you to go off and just start taking them because it's really important that you don't do that. Remember, these are supplements. Um, The ashwagandha, I can highly recommend. And if you're looking for the ashwagandha, you can go to the link in my bio to the Jarrow ashwagandha, which is one that I highly recommend for its quality. Then what I did was I I did regularity in relation to that. Once I started to get my sleep regular, then um, and also building my sleep up and making it a priority, that impacted in so many different areas as well. That adjusts your um, your hunger and satiety signals, your ghrelin and leptin. It makes a massive big difference in relation to that. Then what happened is I then checked them, had my bloods checked, which I get done every six months anyway for other reasons. So I had my bloods checked and anything that needed topping up in relation to all of that, I did. I worked on that. I make sure I take vitamin D and I take omega-3s, which I take in fish oil. But if you are a vegetarian or a vegan, you can also, it's vital that you get your omega-3s in as well. And I would suggest that you take um, algae oil in relation to that or make sure that you're getting in a a spectrum of omega-3s from your nuts and seeds. I also started taking creatine. There's no need to really load creatine, you know, as just a general user. You can just take like three to five grams every single day and creatine starts to load. It's the most researched supplement, very, very beneficial. So I started that. So at the moment, I've got sleep right, bloods are right, and I'm taking the vitamin D, omega-3s, and creatine, and I'm making sure. Now, I started walking, um, and the walking was important for me, and I made sure, instead of just going for a walk in the morning, I made sure that I got out and I did walks in the vitamin D window. Now, this is really important, to get that natural vitamin D synthesized through the skin. The vitamin D is our happy hormone, and it makes us feel really, really good. And it also has evidence which also supports fat loss and also supports um, strength as well. So getting that vitamin D in, vitamin D is a massive, um, massively underrated and very, very important. The next thing that I focused on after I'd nailed that, oh, and going back to that, to lay the habit in relation to it, what I did was I've actually got like one of those Webster packs, which is the, you know, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, and I lay that out. I do the supplements for the whole week and I put it on the bench. Visual reminders are literally how you set up your habits, all right, and I'll get to that in a minute. So the next thing I did was started to focus on higher protein breakfasts. Don't be afraid to actually start um, putting more calories in in the morning, 
all right? Because eating more food in the morning leaves you feeling more satisfied and you snack and eat less during the day. So if you focus on higher protein breakfast with protein and fiber, you will feel an awful lot better. What I do is you can crush up two or three wheat bix, put some Greek yogurt with it, put a scoop of your protein powder in it, some berries, stir all that together and knock yourself out with that. It is absolutely fantastic. I made sure also that I started eating regularly. So I was having lunch and dinner regularly and I was having fruit during the day as well to ensure that I was getting all those micronutrients. Now I didn't do all of these starting Monday. I've been doing this, adding to these every now and again, just once I felt quite comfortable in doing what I was doing with the others. Then I started focusing on my steps and getting my steps moving. So in the first week, I, was, I just set a goal of 8,000 steps. I made it realistic. Now, I want to be clear with you as well. I don't Moving is important. It's really, really important. And I really strongly support that people get out and move. And the reason why I personally set 8,000 steps is not because I get to the end of the day and I'm pacing backwards and forwards in the house to get to 8,000 steps, but that which is measured is improved. And that's the most important thing to remember. So even though you know as well as I do, if you're sitting there waving your arms around, it's counting steps, that 8,000 steps measured from one day to the next is a measurable, um, it's quantifiable and it's measurable. All right, so if I go 8,000, and then in the, I got was getting those very, very easily. So last week, I bumped that up to 10,000 steps. It's still measurable. Does it mean I'm doing 2,000 extra steps? No, but what it does mean is that measurable from 8,000 one week to 10,000 the next has improved that. Eventually, on Friday, I had a colleague that's been staying with us for a few days that we've been working on a project together, um, and she's been here, and she actually is a gym goer and regularly goes. And I felt bad that she wasn't going to the gym. So I made the decision that Friday, we're going to the gym. Now, was I anxious? Oh my Lord, I was incredibly anxious about going back to the gym. But what I did was I know how the gym makes me feel. I do. And I know how it makes me feel and it makes me feel quite good. I know that it's a long way back. I even had to think about what on earth I was going to wear going into the gym. It, it used to be shorts and singlets for me. No problems. There was no way was I going into the gym in shorts and singlets. Put a t-shirt on, I made it black. It's the way it is. Unfortunately, and that's really bad on my behalf and not something that I really should be doing, but I did. And it wasn't until afterwards that I realized that that's what I was doing. But I walked into the gym with a plan. I knew mentally exactly what exercises I was going to do and how I was going to go about it when I walked in. And that makes a difference, having a plan when you walk into the gym. Now, walking into the gym, my heart was racing. And I don't know why, but it just was. That's anxiety, and that's what anxiety does to you. I've not been back there for quite some time, and I eventually finally got back into the gym. But when I walked in, it just felt amazing. And it really did. It just felt um, like home. It was, it was incredible as to just how good I felt going back into the gym. The environment was great. There was familiar faces that was in the gym from, from the time before. And, you know, I could have been paranoid and said, oh, God, they're looking me up and down saying, oh, where have you been for two years? Look how you look now. You've put on so much weight. But you know what? I don't care. They can think that. That's their problem. It's not mine. I don't care about that in any way whatsoever. So I got back to the gym. Now, what I will say about this is, for the first time or one of the first times ever, or 
whether it was the first time ever or whether it's something that I'd completely forgotten about, was the endorphins that run through your system. Now, endorphins are the hormones that our body releases when it feels pain or stress, but it's Pain or stress, which is a, when we're doing a pleasurable activity, such as, you know, um, we're doing exercise like resistance training or running, a massage, eating, and, of course, sex. Now, the situation is the endorphins are, re- are released into our body to relieve that pain, to reduce that stress, and to improve your actual sense of well-being. So it's the way the body combats pleasurable stress that we're doing, and it makes us feel really good. And I could literally feel them pumping through my system and I felt amazing. Now, anyone that does resistance training will be nodding now going, yeah, yeah, I feel that all the time. But people that have never been to the gym have never experienced that or people that haven't been to the gym for some time don't feel that. And it really is quite a euphoric feeling. And I think um, runners might call it like runner's flow when you get into that zone and you just feel all those endorphins pumping and everything's fantastic. Now, I walked out of the gym. I spent my whole session. I spent an hour in the gym. I went through what I was going to do. I moved the weight, and I felt fantastic going back in. I've lost a ton of stress, of uh, strength. There's no doubt about it. There's no way. Am I anywhere near back lifting what I was? But did I care? No, I just picked up small weights and did what I needed to do. No one else cares. The point that I want to make for people in this podcast is when you walk into the gym, and you walk around the gym, no one gives a toss what you're doing. You are on your own journey. Just like when you walk in, you don't care about what anybody else is doing. And if you do, you need to change that. You need to stop thinking about what other people are doing, unless you're looking at them for a movement pattern for an exercise. But don't look at, oh, he's only bench pressing um, 40 kilos, whereas you know that bloke over there is bench pressing 150. That's irrelevant. All right, because everybody is on their own journey. So you make sure that you go in and do you boot, nobody else. All right. So that's the thing. All right. Now I walked out of the gym knowing full well that I'm going to be sore the next day. And as I sit here three days later, I'm even sore, but it's a great sore. They're called DOMS. It's the delayed onset of muscle soreness. And that comes from like when you change a program or when you start doing something which is new, and it's good. It works really, really well. Um, And you get that soreness, and then as you go through those movement patterns afterwards, you don't get the soreness as much, all right? So now what I want to talk about is I just want to talk about that was a stage process, and what might feel like it's been quick, that's been two years in the making, and I've been putting little steps in place, particularly over the last few months, to get to the stage where I actually got to the gym. And now I've been back to the gym and I've taken Saturday and Sunday off, the two days off, and Monday, tomorrow, I will be back in the gym and I will do four days. I'm not going to try and do too much. I will do Monday, Tuesday, and I'll do Thursday, Friday of next week, back in the gym doing a program that I know and love and I will start to get do that resistance training and feel a lot better about myself. It's important at my age that I maintain lean muscle mass. Now, if you're sitting there today and it's Sunday, or whatever day you're listening to this, and you decide next Monday, I'm going to start, and I'm going to do meal prepping, and next Sunday, I'm going to do meal prepping, and I'm going to go running, and I'm going to do 10,000 steps, and I'm going to take photos, and I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take water, and I'm going to take blah, 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 and keep going with all of that. I guarantee to you, within two weeks, you will have stopped, or three, or four weeks, you will have stopped, because it's too much. Now, what I want you to remember is this. It's never the habit that fails. 
It's the processes that you put in place to get that to get there. Now, I just want to explain that I have clients that I uh, they have to check off every week in relation to taking supplements, and they keep forgetting. And I keep saying to them, how can you forget? And they said, oh, I, I just don't see them and I just don't think about it. So this is why I get the supplements in my supplement container, which has got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right the way through, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon. And I put my supplements in it and it sits on the bench. So when I walk out, I see it. And to have my water before my caffeine, caffeine the glass sits next to the coffee machine. It reminds me. They're the processes that I put in place. When they become a habit, you'll do it anyway. But keep going like that until it becomes a habit because that's what makes it really, really important. All right? So when you make a decision that you want to do something, regardless of what that something is, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. Just put little steps in place. Nail those steps. Those are your one percenters and they will all add up to get you to where you want to be. All right. I hope that really helped you. I would also like to remind you that I do one-to-one consults with people today. And I think it's really, really important in this day and age where people may not have the financial resources to be able to go for a full 12 weeks consultation um, of coaching um, in a one-to-one coaching situation where it's minimum 12 weeks. But I do do the one-to-one coaching that you can literally um, have a one hour consult with me where I will have the questions that you want answered and to save time, I will have researched or done whatever and relevant to you and your situation, we will have a one-to-one consult that could very well set you up for quite some time. Now, if you'd like to do one of these one-to-one consults, all you need to do is you can shoot me a DM and I will uh, guide you through it. Or you can go to the link in my bio and the link in my bio, there's a link there that says one-to-one consults. Complete that. You can, you'll see the form. You can complete the form. When you come through and submit that form, you'll have access to my calendar to book that time at a time that is suitable to you. And I've got to tell you, I really enjoy doing these. I research them. I give plenty away in these one-to-one consults, and they're really good for people because they are unique to them and their situation, your shift working life, your social life, your home life, not generic, um, a, a generic program or anything along those lines this may very well set you up forever thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released it would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on if you want to know more about me or work with me you can go to a healthy i'll catch you on the next one